What's up, everybody? Thank you all for coming out to Podcast 14. And once again, we are bringing a special guest onto the podcast today, our good friend Hannah. She is going to spit that sweet, sweet knowledge here for you guys. Acupuncture, Chinese medicine, you mean all of it coming at you. She yes. is obviously a goddess. So yes. with that. Hannah's actually, I credit Hannah for helping me heal a lot of my lower back pain a few years ago when I was experiencing a little bit of stuff going on. So I, you know, I don't understand a lot about Chinese medicine, but something about it has to work because you definitely brought a lot of um, personal healing to me. So we're super excited to have you on the, the great podcast. Healer. The great, the great the healer. The great healer. This is quite the introduction. Let's kick, it, let's kick it to Hannah. So tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, what you do now, and we'll just kind of take it from there. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, guys. Um, okay, so who am I? My name is Hannah Lynn. I am currently practicing acupuncture out of Union Square in Manhattan. And um, my background is actually as a veteran body worker. Um, not not for the not for the military but as a as a, <laughs> a body worker veteran myself um i was a massage therapist for over a decade i was a yoga teacher for over a decade i was a doula um and i have a, a deep spiritual lineage and a coaching lineage um from orgasmic meditation and um tantra and some other things like that and um and now Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And um, uh, I used to teach a lot of like postural education as well. Mm -hmm. I used to teach anatomy for yoga teacher trainings. And um, and I'm currently in the middle of my herbology education for Ooh. Chinese medicine. That's so fun. we were not exaggerating, okay, <laughs> when we called her the great healer. Look <laughs> at the list. And you still teach okay. some, some yin yoga stuff, I believe, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. My yoga specialty has always been on the yin side of things. I uh, My flagship class is called Yellow Ball Magic, and it's um, a series. I have 13 different classes, and it's all like fascial unwinding style. Okay, you got to work with Brandon. Brandon's all about his fascist stuff yeah, right now. Yeah. It sounds great. Fascia is really where it's at. Yeah, it's I know. I know. I'm feel I feel it. I feel it in my body deeply. <laughs> Yeah. Deep fascia. Okay. So for those who might not know anything at all about Chinese medicine, acupuncture, etc., what is a general overview or just idea that you could share with our audience to give them a little bit of the um, concept of what you're working in and the things that you are um, seeing and working with in our society? Yeah, so I think it's important to note that like Western medicine is very, um, it likes to separate things out. Mm -hmm. So Western medicine will tell you that the mind of a person has nothing to do with the body, that the gallbladder is separate from the ankle. Um, and these things are just categorically untrue. Like mm -hmm. you are one being, your mental, emotional, spiritual worlds all affect the physical. Um, and that's really the thing that I love about Chinese medicine the most is that everything is happening at once and we're always treating the whole person. Mm -hmm. And we're also in Chinese medicine, we have this concept of root and branch. So the branch is like the symptom. I, I have a headache. The root is why are you having the headache? Mm -hmm. In Western medicine, you have a headache, you take a painkiller. Mm -hmm. uh, one symptom, one medication. In Chinese medicine, you have a headache and then we begin to differentiate. There's 15 types of headaches in Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So then we go about saying, okay, what type of headache are you having? When does it happen? Under what conditions? What are the qualities of it? And what are the other things that are related to it? And then how do we treat the root of why are you getting the headache to begin with? Hmm. What's out of balance? Um, so that's really like why I love Chinese medicine, because we're always treating, even though we, we are absolutely addressing like, what's the symptom I'm coming in for pain, right. but we're always addressing the whole person, mm -hmm. stress, the emotional, um, makeup of the person, 
and like why is the thing in pain to begin with right so what do you think like why does western medicine only look at things from like problem and then short-term solution as sort of like I'm, I'm digesting what you're saying um versus like chinese medicine looking at sort of a whole holistic approach like how where, where does that sort of differentiate why do you think like we think about it in one way and then eastern medicine thinks about it in a different way that's a deep philosophical <laughs> question that, i mean, would but just you know yeah not, not too heavy but like why i would say there's a lot there's a lot of like institutionalized things you know like even in the way that we learn you know like if you look at a western anatomical textbook you see the thigh on one page and the lower leg on another page in a different chapter mm -hmm. and that is i mean frankly that's just not how the body works like it's one system where everything is is moving and functioning together in these long fascial and kinetic chains um we have things that are acting globally in the body like hormones and things like that that are affecting multiple tissues all at once um and so hmm i don't know i think the you know the asian cultures like they just have a different way of of thinking like even in the way that they think about money like in the eastern cultures everything is about flow and so it, the way that westerners like hoard money it it doesn't exist really as much in the mentality of of asian cultures because everything is about flow you have to spend in order to make you have to spend in order to make you let go in order to receive whereas like this phenomena in the western culture where you just sit on your pile of eggs until they rot is like um it's a specific thing and so the other thing about chinese medicine is that it's about balancing yourself within the greater cycles so we're always taking into account what season are we in what time of day is it um where are you in the greater arc of the cycles of your life um and western medicine doesn't do that i mean other than saying what's your age what's your weight they're not really asking like what time period are you like in your life are you in a creation period right now are you birthing things or are things dying off in your life right now what's going on with your creative cycle what what season are we in you know and so um i think there's just a base level disconnect in the western culture between environment yeah um and in asian cultures like like we literally there's a whole sect of acupuncture in Chinese medicine where you plan based on the the lunar calendar. We're a little bit less in touch with nature. Not a little bit. We're a lot a bit less what? in yeah. touch with nature. Western cultural, yeah. not in yeah. touch with nature? Yeah. I like that idea too of um, seasons being so important to dealing with what we're dealing with personally even i know brandon if you've been listening to the podcast has talked ad nauseum about his hatred oh my for gosh. february and march are we are we still <laughs> let's, it's been a recurring let's theme do it we can go there we did it on a whole podcast but, but i can go into my rant no, right no. now nobody needs that i hate fine. february i hate march these are terrible times always always if you idea, text me in february and march i am not responding that's true of any season hannah can attest to that yeah. brandon never answers anybody brandon ever but but, I, but I don't even i don't even look at it in february and march that's also true well i mean are you taking your vitamin d also by the way as my african-american brother now that my i'm in my parents home and they, and have they, a and big, they buy the vitamins they buy the vitamins for sure yeah but when i was living on my own absolutely no. but not like, vitamin d is expensive that is like it's like oil but, you know this idea that like the seasons impact how we feel like that seasonal depression is so real every year and i think especially this year for a lot of us we've already been cooped up and all that like winter like the toll the season that we're in takes whether positive or negative is something that is like so massive yeah well i i also think the you know the depression and everything part of it is because you know and we'll talk about this again late at a later time in the podcast is like we live in this culture where we absolutely glorify summer and yeah and peaking and being out and being social and so when we're in a season whose energetics are the complete opposite of that but you only value the out and the up and the social and we have these demands on our time that that ask us to perform as though it's peak summer 
right when it's dead of winter and what we should really be doing is napping and fucking and sleeping yeah that's two naps in it. there Brandon heard the, all, the only word he needed to hear would be like to co-sign <laughs> off on this podcast, you guys. Listen, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a summer baby, so you said Leo up season. Well, you didn't even say that, but I heard it. And then um, <laughs> napping and fucking, and that's great. You yeah, know? that's the thing. Snacking. We snacking. can end the podcast right, right there. Oh, that's really mm. snacking as well. Okay, so, so yeah, let's actually get into that. Can you give us a little bit of the overview of the different... Um, components or yeah components parts of chinese medicine and the ways that we may be out of balance in our own culture yeah like what what should be well sorry just to add on like what should we be doing in each season also like how do those show up i feel like I answer know. all the questions yeah just okay. answer everything <laughs> okay we're not even gonna in like 20 minutes yeah go. okay go so um so let me just give you my disclaimer um this is a vast mm -hmm. uh body of knowledge the extent of which i don't even know when i first went to acupuncture school i didn't even know there were different styles of acupuncture like all i had ever heard was tcm tcm which is the acronym for traditional chinese medicine which i later found out was um actually created by Mao in the 1940s and 50s in an attempt to westernize and modernize China. And so traditional Chinese medicine is actually not very traditional. It's actually quite westernized in terms of um, more formulaic based um, diagnosis to treatment formulas. Hmm. Um, there's classical Chinese medicine. There's Japanese acupuncture and herbology. There's sports medicine style acupuncture. There's um, Taoist style acupuncture. There's five element acupuncture. There's lots of different lineages. And so they all kind of have a different take on things. And so I'm just going to speak to things in the most basic, yes. truncated way yes. possible. Yes, please, just please do. To, please do. Because half down. of what you just yes. said. <laughs> I don't even, yeah. I mean, I feel like I need to open up a history textbook yeah. right now. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, um, and so, and that brings me to a good point too, that like the way that we truly understand Chinese medicine is that we have to also understand the context of when these medical texts were written. So when they say things, um, you know, everything that we know from the text, it's, it was written from agrarian China. And so we have to interpret it from that lens in order to understand how it applies in our lives now. But in general, you want to just follow the energetics of the season. Like in the dead of winter, when everything is cold and constricted and tight is maybe not the best time to be doing the heaviest, craziest running workouts of your life and mm -hmm. moving blood really quickly um, through the vessels. Like that's more of a time where you conserve energy and you pull in. You know, it's actually like pretty common sense kind of stuff there's very little light and very little heat we snuggle and we sleep and we snack like bears you know <laughs> and then when the light starts to come back in you know in the in the we're actually in the the yang is starting to rise now mm -hmm. i feel it the days are getting longer you can smell it in the That's air it. right yeah, the, the first day when it wasn't dark at 4 30 like i was like "Ooh, it's coming it's coming it's coming we, we made a note of it like i turned to tiana i was like it's still light out yeah you can feel it's it still you light can feel out. it and for me i can smell it the last few days that it's been warmer like mm. i can smell the the spring in the air my dog can smell it too so um so you can kind of feel how there's this, this like uptick of energy and there's this like there's this little buzz in our systems where we're like starting to think about like what do we want to do this summer and like how do we want to like move our bodies like a little bit more incrementally every day mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of how we think about the seasons is we go with the energy of what's happening in the greater context of, first of all, the hemisphere and like the region and the weather and like what's happening. And then we're also, again, like the weather, the greater context of what's happening in Chinese medicine, we have, um, you know, we, we have these like weather-based things where like if you are affected by damp you know there's certain types of arthritis and like certain types of back pain and stuff where you will notice oh like i it hurts more when it rains mm -hmm. in chinese medicine that's a damp evil in the joint and so it responds to damp 
And we also have cold people's injuries that we have, scars that we have where like they get worse, our back gets tighter. We have more pain in the winter when it's cold because things are restricting cold response to cold. And then we have things like even in the most simple terms, if you burn your hand on the oven and you have a fresh burn on your skin, what's the last thing that you want on that burn? More heat, right? And so um, Chinese medicine actually is what we would call an allopathic medicine. Homeopathic means you're treating with same. So if you have something itchy or like an insect bite or whatever, you take a micro minuscule amount of the same thing. You'll take a teeny tiny little pellet of like the tiniest little energetic kiss of like a bee venom. That's homeopathic medicine. Allopathic medicine, it's the same as uh, as uh, Western medicine. It's the opposite. So if we have heat in the, in the system, we use cooling herbs and cooling acupuncture techniques. Mm -hmm. If we have cold, we add heat, that kind of thing. So we're treating with opposites. Mm. And then um, the most, one of the most basic ways that we think about um, energetic systems in Chinese medicine is in the five phases. And one thing I'll say right off the bat, that's, um, that's an issue in the medicine itself is this like translation snafu where uh, Chinese characters are actually pictographs. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot going on in one character. And right. when you take one character, that's an entire story, an entire concept, and you try to translate it into one word, there's gonna be misnomers sure. um, in the education. And so when people say elements, it doesn't quite um, reflect the truth of the energetic of it, which is, it's actually a moving transitioning energy which is why I like to say phase more than okay. an element. So instead of saying the five elements where you think of, oh, like it's a static thing, a static quality, it's actually the five phases which are constantly transforming into and through each other into new phases. Okay. So, um, so we'll start with, you know, the way that I generally, like we draw it in the same circle all over and over again. We have water at the bottom, right? Because water naturally goes to the bottom. And so we're thinking the flavor of salty, we're thinking dark, um, we're thinking kidneys, we're thinking the energetic of fear, right? Like the very depths of the being and we're thinking cold winter. And from there, we have wood. Wood sucks up water, you know, plants take water to grow. So the wood has this like, this sort of budgeting I don't know if that's the yeah. right word this like budgeting energy this like upward and it's like the seed breaking open and the little sprout like reaching towards the sunlight with this like burst of energy it's this the color is bright green and um and it's got this like like this stretchy elasticity of like newness and youth Right. and breaking through. And so we think about like um, bamboo sprouts shooting up out of the ground. And then um, from there, wood gives birth to fire because we burn, we literally burn wood to create fire. So wood births fire and fire has this um, consuming, transforming energetic to it, but it also has this like radiating energy to it. You know, you sit around a fire and it warms everything in the vicinity of it. Um, and you could say the same like with someone's attention or love, love and contentment and passion is in the fire uh, phase. Um, and then when when the fire burns out, we have this like this ash that's kind of left. And so fire gives birth to soil, the soil phase. And the soil is actually sometimes we draw it like a circle, but the soil is really in the middle. Everything moves through soil. The soil phase is actually the digestion. And so we're thinking about um, microbiome we're thinking about like like rich soil that's like teeming with life and transformation and this like slow low level like geothermal kind of energy of like um you know the stomach in chinese medicine rots and ripens the food and the spleen transforms and transports 
And so the color is orange and yellows and it's got this like damp earthy feeling to the energetic like pumpkin is like the okay. like epitome of like soil energy. Um, and then from there in the soil, how do we get metal? We literally dig in the earth to unearth metal. And so metal, um, metal phase is about boundaries. It's about, um, in the Chinese system, it's lung and large intestine. And so, and the lung governs the skin. And so boundaries, it's like the opening and the closing of the pores, the opening and closing of the mouth and the anus, the opening and closing of the eyes and the ears, the orifices. What are you open to? What are you listening to? What are you not open to? Mm -hmm. What are you not willing to hear? Um, and so there's this sort of um, energetic around like what is for you and what is not for you. Um, what are you willing to breathe in? And then large intestine is like obviously poop. Like what are you pushing out of your system that's no longer for you? Um, and metal itself as an energetic, as a phase, it has this sort of exacting and precise quality to it. Um, like a, a sword we sort of think of. And then we use the imagery of that sword or maybe like a tin roof, metal generates water. So you think about the way that condensation might condense on a sword and then drip down into a bucket to create water. And so that's the, the phase and then you know if we were going to get more complicated we would say like there's there's um an insulting cycle a, a pathological cycle where they go backwards on each other and they can actually harm each other and then there's a controlling cycle where they sort of keep each other in check um so there's a lot of different ways to sort of understand these dynamics okay listen so <laughs> You dropped. I'm not gonna lie to you. You dropped a lot. Of, okay, you dropped a lot of knowledge in there. You dropped a lot. I'm gonna um, not for me because I understood it all. Um, but just for the audience out there, you know, maybe we could go through each cycle real quick and just bring it bring it to earth a little bit. So like, so with water, for example, right? Like, how does that? If I'm living my life. How does that like affect my life? How should I how should I think of that water sort of cycle or that water position, that water phase in my life? Like how does this move through me in my day to day? Water is about uh, longevity. Water is about the kidneys. Okay. So one of the the kidney area of the face. So by the way, folks, I do cosmetic facial acupuncture and. Um, one of the pieces of that was learning facial diagnosis. So the bags under the eyes, that's the kidney area. And so when you see someone that has like a dark purpley color under there, we're thinking, oh, yo, girl, your kidneys need some help. Right. You know? Right. Um, I'm, I'm about to start walking around. Thinking, Damn. <laughs> Damn, you got kidney issues. Yeah. And you'll see it. So and and uh, <laughs> you didn't get you didn't get any sleep last night. Kidneys fucked up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the kidneys hold um, one of my favorite things, esoteric things about Chinese medicine is the kidneys actually hold. There's this concept in Chinese medicine about your main, your destiny. Right. And so if you do not live your main, like what you're here to do in this lifetime, it can negatively impact your health. Right. So it's not just are you eating the right things? Are you sleeping enough? It's like, are you doing what you're here to do on this fucking planet? Right. And that impacts your health and your energy and your vitality and everything. You can do all the right things. And if you're at a soul sucking fucking job that you hate, that right. doesn't have any personal value to you. It doesn't matter if all you eat is like your perfect macros and whatever. Mm -hmm because you're going to be out of balance energetically. So what I really want to talk about though is wood because we live in a culture that's like idolizes wood. It's all about the hustle, it's all about the achievement, it's all about the orgasm, the climax, the pop. Um like that growth that bright green that like Yeah, we want to see like bamboo shoot. Yeah, the bamboo shoot. We love that pop of like the, the struggle, the reaching, and then it's like wood and fire together. The mm -hmm. fire works. We love the celebrations. We love the like, oh, I had a baby. Oh, I graduated. Like, oh, I'm, I got this promotion. Like, 
oh, I made a thing and I achieved. It's business, entrepreneurship, yeah. like all of that kind of stuff. In our culture, this stuff is God, right? Like and we, we love, we love like the teenage entrepreneur, like the teen, like the young, like hustler, uh, the young hustler who's gonna make it. All hip hop, all hip hop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean Biggie Smalls, Jay Z, all Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. And Wood is it has that youthful, stretchy quality to it as well. Um, and so this this is a major imbalance just in like our value system as a culture because we have this grind culture where we we're always on this side of the cycle and we don't value the part where we come down where we go slow where maybe we grieve where we rest where we aren't productive where we aren't achieving where we experience death and loss and I'm going to say grief twice because it's worth it. Like, uh, grief is a huge part of being alive and we just don't really value that as a process culturally. And so it creates an imbalance. And one of the like most classic Chinese medicine diagnoses is called wood overacting on earth, which is where that liver gallbladder, that wood phase energy of like, I gotta get stuff done and I'm gonna achieve some shit and I gotta work really hard and hustle. It like comes across under the diaphragm from the liver over to the stomach. It gives you that nervous stomach where like you don't really digest well. It's like the people, like the stockbrokers and whoever that are like eating, standing up at their desk really fast. They're not digesting well. They're not sleeping well. Um, maybe you're like irritated and frustrated when you're eating too. The, the wood part of the face is the eyebrows. And so when you see people who get the 11s, right? The mm-hmm. wrinkles that are mm-hmm. like two little 11s in between the eyebrows. Yeah, beautiful. Like that, that like yeah. furrowed this eyebrow is, Everyone try it there at home. This try is, to furrow your, your eyebrows. These are, just think like a stern boss staring yeah, over you. Exactly. These are called the, the irritation frustration lines, right? And so I treat that in my cosmetic practice all the time. And it's like one of the things we think about with um, things like wrinkles is like, I can throw needles in those wrinkles every fucking day for 10 years. But unless we address why are you making that face all the time? Right it's not gonna change. And so we have to look at the underlying energetic of like your value system. Like if you value the hustle, that is the cause of the imbalance along with all the behaviors obviously that go along with it. But like you can't really truly make change until you like work on some of those deeper things. The value systems, the belief systems, just the imbalance of the energetic cycle of like, what are you focusing on? So when, when we value this, like that up, that wood, that fire, that hustle, that grind, how does that show up? Like in what ways do you see this manifest, whether in terms of like mental health or in terms of physical health, like how it shows up in people's bodies. And then like, what are they coming into you to treat through acupuncture? I'm assuming most people come to acupuncture because of like physical pains and usually, stuff. So how yeah. does this show up in the body? Yeah. So wood over um, wood overacting on earth shows up a lot with digestive issues, acid reflux, um, you know, gas and bloating and flatulence, what we call um, distension of the hypochondrium, just this feeling of fullness under the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot of bloating and stuff, but it's like that, it's that, um, that, that emotional thing where like, you're just not in a good mental, emotional state when you're eating, you know, this, the spleen loves like, let's all go eat in Italy where we got three hours for every meal and we're kicking back and we're like relaxing. And it's this really like, you guys know, yeah. t- you tell me about Italy. Huh? Um, it's like, a it's diff- lovely. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Three hours for eating wine, oh cheeses. You know I mean, just absolutely kick back. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, and then additionally, you know, like, so water gives birth to wood, right? So when you have like a super crazy overgrown wood phase in someone, they're actually sucking the life out of the water element, which is the kidneys, which is the longevity. Like we even know in Western medicine, if something happens to your kidneys, you're probably going to fucking die. Like kidneys are 
important. Yeah. Super fucking important. So, um, you know, if you have this like overactive wood, like basically if you're living the burning the candle at both ends wood lifestyle, you are borrowing against your future. You are draining your jing, your essential essences from the kidneys and you are shortening your life in Chinese medicine theory. So much sense to even like the idea of like, okay, you're borrowing from the kidneys or borrowing from like, we see this so often in people who are like in that hustle, like in their careers, you know, trying to make it to provide for the family X, Y, and Z. And they're borrowing this time that ends up like shortening their life, shortening their time with their kids, shortening their ability to like enjoy what they have worked for. Like, yeah, you are, you that word like borrowing against the future is like exactly what so many people in our culture end up doing. Yeah. So, it's like crazy. so the idea is like, you have to allow yourself to go through all of these phases in order to sort of like replenish your energy, replenish yourself so that you can don't end up borrowing against your own time. Yeah. I mean, the idea with Chinese medicine is that we're just trying to balance the energies internally and externally. And we use the external to inform the internal. Like if someone has like, you know, like a crazy, like, like fire energy in the body and it's the middle of winter, like we're going to be like, what's going on with this person? Like they might have some mania, like fire, like fire excess looks like mania. Right. in the human psyche it's right. beyond contentment and then and then we can start to talk about things like state addiction which is like very encouraged in our culture where like we are instant gratification society we always want to be in the up we always want to be right. in pleasure and like i come from a spiritual lineage where uh it's not a pleasure school you know like like my spiritual lineages are are sexual lineages with tantra and orgasmic meditation and there are a lot of schools that will teach pleasure the pleasure path the pleasure path pleasure is all about preferences pleasure will make your world smaller and smaller and smaller because if your only pursuit is what feels good then your box will get smaller and smaller and smaller i live in the world where we value truth over pleasure the truth path means that you stay with whatever is present because it's reality and it's true. And then you gain a capacity to like hold the the entire breadth of sensations, whether you call them pleasure or not. Hmm. Can you speak a little bit to, I know we were talking before we started recording this about that idea of being present and being like, truly in your body and like whether that is a pleasure sensation or a pain sensation or whether you're how this applies to just life or to overall health like what is this how does this manifest itself yeah so um so yeah i have a, a membership group and and a coaching group and and this is the main thing is like um everything that i'm doing professionally right now is in service to embodiment and embodiment is the commitment to be in your body no matter what. Like whether it feels pleasurable or not, like somewhere, whether you believe in souls or whatever, like you're fucking here. So if you're gonna disagree fundamentally with like being wherever you are, like that is just an abject refusal to acknowledge reality. So embodiment work is about, um, yeah, it's about, and, and I say, I, I talk about this, I actually tell people like, you, you gotta go to the gym. You gotta go to the approval gym. Being an approval of what's happening is a practice. It's a muscle that you have to build because we're taught in this way of like, you just disconnect from everything that you don't like and you don't find pleasurable. And it sounds a lot like, like should is a really good indicator linguistically. If you hear the word should, it should be this way. It should be that way. Um, first of all, who fucking said so? And second of all, um, you're in fantasy. And any time that you're in fantasy, you're not in reality. And any time you're not in reality, you are not receptive. And any time that you're not receptive and not in reality we have 
disharmony going on somewhere. We have a non-present human being who's not willing to embody, first of all, their, their physical form, but also their energetic field, you know, at whatever point that we're talking about. So we have a lot of like disembodied people just kind of floating bumping, around, floating around well, bumper car style that out there. That makes sense because we do live in a, in a big like should like I hear should all the time. We've actually started, started like we, trying to take should out of our book. Yeah, we try to take like even in any kind of talk or any kind of conversation, taking that word should out because it just doesn't. Yeah, like you said, it's not in reality. Yeah. When people are like it should be this way or things should be this or should, 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 should. And we're like, but they're not. That's yeah. not what's happening. So let's talk about the reality of what's going on rather than yeah. what our expectation of it was or should or should be. should be or <laughs> you mean like all of those yeah. things yeah and linguistically it also points to someone else's beliefs too like when you're sitting there taking a nap on a monday morning and you're like oh i should be more productive like that is a really good red flag to say like oh um that's like someone else's value system that's been like integrated hijacked my psyche somewhere mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, how this shows up in the body, one of the other things that I teach about a lot is the victim triangle. Are you guys familiar with this? Yeah. Lynn Forrest's work. The three faces of the victim, the, the, the big secret is like, they're all the victim, but there's like the victim, which is like, this is happening to me, right? I'm a victim of this, whatever. And then there's the villain or the perpetrator. And then there's the rescuer. And when you're on the victim triangle, you literally, you just slide from position to position to position. The only way you get off the triangle is to get off the fucking triangle and completely do something else, which is take responsibility uh, for your experience. But I see this happen in the body a lot is like um, the, the first rule of my space, my coaching space, my teaching space is no victims. You are not a victim to your body. So if you feel a strong sensation or like, so I, I hear this a lot with injuries. People will be like, oh, it's my bad shoulder. First of all, they're playing the villain by accusing the shoulder of being bad. And then they're victimized by their own body because, oh, I can't do this because of my shoulder. And oh, my shoulder's causing me pain. And like, and so they're a victim to their own body while also persecuting their own body. And then there's all sorts of patterns that come in around rescuing uh, from the fact that like something's going on with their shoulder. And so there's all this fucking activity going on in the victim triangle where, um, where I lead people back to is like, um, how do we just have approval for what's happening? So, okay, I hear you're, you're having a sensation in your shoulder. What does it actually feel like? What's true here? Right. Oh, what's true is that I need to not take this kettlebell over my head. Okay. Great. Why are you victimized by that? Right. You know, it's a simple, I need to take care of my body in this specific way. But then you get these like, oh, well, I should be able to. <laughs> right. But I should be able to lift the kettlebell up, up and above my head. Yeah. And then you force it and then you get hurt and even you more. And hurt again. Whole I mean, do you guys remember when we met? We met at a CrossFit, CrossFit gym. gym. A CrossFit gym. And I busted my shoulder. Yeah. And Your we... bad shoulder. Yeah, my bad <laughs> shoulder. My good shoulder. It's it... actually just my left shoulder. But yeah. So, okay. So to, to, to just for, you know. Once again, we've said a lot, you know, and just to, I understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> I understand everything. But just as far as like a takeaway from, from sort of the general conversation, how do people start to recognize these things? And how can they start to maybe change these habits, get out of wood or, you know, because a lot of people are in pain. Right, like the, people are in pain, and we don't know, and we're not taught a lot of the things that you that you've said. So, how do we begin our journey here? What would you encourage people to sort of like start on the uh, to understand what's going on in their body, what phases they're living in, and like how to 
find a little bit more wholeness, oneness, and just like get out of like that victim sort of cycle and all of that? How do we how do we bring that together? Yeah. So I would say first step is bring in a practice of radical approval. So, and this is just meeting reality where it is without disagreeing with reality. Like it's like, oh, okay, I feel a sensation in my shoulder. How do I be in approval of that? Oh, my energy's really low today. Like, how do I practice being in approval of that instead of being like, we should be different. I have to do 15 things today. Like, and it's like, but do you really? Like, cause most of the time they're just stories in our head of like, I have to do that today. And like, very rarely is that actually true. Um, and so one of, one of my teachers says, you always have the perfect amount of energy for the truest thing at hand. And so if you have no fucking energy, like probably the truest thing at hand is to like spend some time journaling and like feeling grief because like to be alive is to grieve. (laughs) So, and we don't give enough space for that. So I would say first and foremost, cultivate a conscious practice of approval and notice that just start to notice, um, like where you're disagreeing with reality, like where you're, you watch for the shoulds, where should, where, where things should be different. Um, and then watch for fantasy, right? Fantasy is a, a departure from being embodied with reality and then cultivating this practice of approval. And, and you can do it with other beings as well. I got to say, adopting my uh, pandemic puppy has been an incredible practice in approval of like the wild feminine energetic because like a puppy is like pure you know, when I say feminine and masculine, I'm not talking about male and female. I'm talking about like the yin feminine energetic of wildness and embodiedness and like chaos and inertia, you know, like, it's just like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a practice Mm -hmm. with a puppy to just be in approval of like, their needs and their wants and their desires and their energy and all of it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so you can practice approval internally and externally. You can practice approval for what is true for you emotionally and sensationally and, you know, in, in your world. And also like even seasonally, I, I, I even heard it a little bit with you, Brandon. Like there's a little bit of like, I don't want it to be February and March. Yes, for sure. So February and March are terrible. (laughs) And I'm not saying that they should disappear and go away forever, but it would be better for me if they did. Um, (laughs) But obviously that's not the reality of the world. But I I, I say that to say that like, um, I know that in February and March, these are not necessarily the times for me to live in fantasy, right? Like I know that I'm not gonna get a lot done in February and March. These are not the times for me personally to like push myself to do a ton of things that like I really have no interest in doing. Mm -hmm. I know that these are times that like I need to take it slow, I need to take it easy and kind of listen to myself, listen to my body and then come summer, come summer. We about to pop off. Leo season. (laughs) We hit it hard. We hit it fast. Yeah. And it keeps it moving. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you took anything away from this, it's that February and March. <laughs> like I said, guys, honestly, I'm gonna just sneak it into every podcast. You know what I mean? February and March. I think like honestly, we need to change when the new year happens. Right? I think like the new years and then like having the new year resolution of like working out and everything is obviously in conflict with the seasons right absolutely it's setting you up guys okay when it's like new year's resolution i'm gonna get fit and then it's like january february march (laughs) everything for us is not is calling not to do it so like be gentle be easy on yourself or make your resolution to snack 
Here we go. And nap. <laughs> so that so that when the real new year so when the comes. real new year comes okay we can really do it up hit it heavy and get fit then yeah any other closing things that people can i mean obviously acupuncture can be a great tool for some of this but like at home little practices that people can do if they don't have just any little closing thoughts for people of ways that they can kind of take some of this information and put it into their lives besides you know radical approval and being present and accepting you know the truths of what's happening is it like how how how, how do you start that like that radical approval like how do you begin that right like if you're living in fantasy you're living in should you're living in wood you're like hustle 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 go 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 how do you start to get out of that the beginning actually sucks the most because first what happens is you just notice like there's like different phases of changing patterns like this the first phase is where um you're you're completely unconscious that you're doing the thing but you're running the pattern the second phase is where you have, you can see it happening, but you can't change it. We call it the car crash phase. You can see that you're shooting all over your life, but you can't fucking stop it because you're already, it, the pattern has momentum. Sounds like my 20s. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. The, the next part of the pattern is where you start to gain a little bit of power and facility in pulling out of the pattern. And so you you probably can't get off the ride. I, I use the roller coaster analogy. You can't get off the roller coaster in the middle, but you can sort of stop yourself before you get on the ride. So you're like, um, maybe you get to the point where like you're an independent contractor and someone offers you a job that you know is not a good job for you. And normally you would say yes, because you got to make that money and you got to grind and whatever. And maybe now you're like conscious enough of your patterns where you can say, actually, no, like I know this isn't a good cycle for me. Um, and so you can stop yourself before you start the pattern of, of shoulds and overdoing and whatever. Um, and then the, the like peak thing is where you have enough power in your being to actually stop in the middle, right? Where you can catch yourself in an addiction, in a fantasy, in a cycle of disapproval and um, rejection of reality, and then you can shift it midstream. Um, so that's like kind of just the map of how things go. And and one thing that I'll say too is like shame and guilt don't pay. Like it, you have to get to a place where you can notice without adding the extra layers of guilt and shame because guilt and shame are really just an egoic mechanism to prevent you from actually changing anything. Hmm. So when you begin to notice, oh, I'm shooting again. Oh, I'm out of alignment here. What your ego will do immediately is be like, wow, you're such a piece of shit. I can't believe you did that. Look at you doing this thing again. You might as well just go, you know, whatever, because you suck at this and you're never going to be good at changing anything. And like, you can't make any sustainable change. And so like, you have to just, just not indulge that voice. You have to get to the place. Um, I like to use words uh, with my people like experiment and research because there's this like um, information gathering curiosity, like um, quality to that, that's like never finished. So you can be like, I'm gonna research in my life this week, like where am I holding this like um, energetic valuing of the wood phase more than anything else? And then you can research, where does that show up in my life? without the guilt shame spiral of like i'm a piece of shit because <laughs> i value getting a promotion more than being at my father's deathbed you know like as a as a leo i don't i don't have that voice i don't know exactly what that <laughs> but if you have that voice i don't you mean that's rough you better do your research I think you probably have your own version of voice and I think we probably. all have you know we have all probably. versions of different voices in different ways. Mine's probably Absolutely. a little kinder. I think yours might be sneakier. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's a sneaky bastard. Yeah. I think it's sneakier. <laughs> I feel like it is. Yeah. I feel like it is. I feel like it's just like uh insidious. Yeah, yeah. just like a roundabout way of, yeah. of getting there. It's like an underhanded yeah. 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 I like that. 
Yeah. I like that. Yours is probably sarcastic as fuck too. It's like, yeah, king, but there's like that little jab in it, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Little, because I'm because I'm sensitive and I can't handle You can't handle I can't handle like a full throated. Do you mean it, it has to be like a little bit of just like a side eye? Yeah. You know, and then I take that to heart. Yeah. Mull yeah, over it. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. do a little research. Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna need to have you back yeah, on like, for a part two podcast, or we because we could just keep talking. Yeah. But we have say, to this wrap is it like up. The longest podcast we I know, have. but I feel like we and have so much we, more we could talk about. Scratch the we surface. Could talk about all kinds. Yes. So maybe this is maybe this is a, a part one of two for maybe in the future we can yeah. have you back on because this has been really great. Yeah. I think it's um you know obviously we're mainly about like fitness yoga all that but like all of this we're really about that mind body all coming together yes. and living a yes. full whole well balanced truly healthy life in all of these ways so thank you so much for coming on and for kind of giving some of this insight into areas that i think most people who are into fitness and yoga don't really think about that much so it's a really good um element people can bring into their own personal practices yeah you know, while you're you're giving your little spiel about what you guys are about, it occurs to me that like you guys, and I, you know, obviously I follow your work. Like you guys are about movement, and I'll yes. just say, like the way that we think about health in Chinese medicine is that there's movement. It says in the classics where there is not free flow of qi and body fluids, there is pain, and so there's this like. Like all we want in the world is free flow. Like we want movement. And that's what I love about you guys because you're always posting like, not up for a 50 mile run today. Great. Let's do something. Right. Yeah. Let's make it fun. Right. You know, just keep things moving, whether that's moving your body, moving through the world. You know, you, you guys know we love to travel, move through the world yeah. or like move for me into like movement. It's also like growth, like just as a person, like don't yeah. get stagnant in like your own yeah. personal development. Like keep moving. Sounds, yeah. sounds like, pretty wood, Tiana. Oh, whatever. <laughs> sounds pretty wood, Tiana. Which is actually. Check I mean, her eyebrows. I mean, that's why that's why we say phases, because all of the elements have their own inherent movement. Wood yeah. is the up. Right. Yeah. Right? Which is which to Brandon's point, that is very much me. I'm a very I'm an she upper. Is up. She's very an upper. woody. She's not a I'm downer. very woody. I need She's to not a downer. No, yeah. I need to work on it. We but, could look at your Chinese astrology. I bet your wood yeah. is pretty strong in there. I'm actually a metal type, so I'm judgmental as fuck. Ooh, go. good to know. And I will stop talking. <laughs> I, think that's, I think I've said too much already. Well, we will put your information, your Insta in the show notes so people can contact you or reach out for any questions. I know you have a coaching group and some great information. She has a practice here in New York. Um, if any of our New York people, you're in Union Square, you can come check her out too. So we'll give up ways for people to contact you if they want to reach yeah. out. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's been great. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys next time. Peace. Yeah. That was fun. That was good. That was really